Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell coming in hot on a Friday afternoon. Right, Sarah? I know because you are headed out of town and then I'm headed out of town. So we're like, oh, we got to record answers. So yeah, you're going to Arizona. I am going to Arizona. (laughs) I just checked the temperature and I'm like, wow, it's not that much different than Colorado. One of those, you know, those spring breaks where you're like, it's warmer at home than where it is where I am right now. Uh, we had a little snow here today in Portland. So um, anywhere I think is warmer than Portland. So yeah, yeah, it's March. It's clearly March. Um, but yes, no, we are headed tomorrow. My lovely husband, Grant and I are driving to Tucson, Arizona, 13 mm-hmm. hours, gain an hour because they don't do, uh, they don't spring forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice. I really only feel like 12. And uh, I've gotten used to that drive a little. This is like our third time doing it. And mm-hmm. And then we are going to, on Sunday, um, ride up Mount Lemon, which has two M's, just in case you're wondering, <laughs> for, the, for the notes. Um, I emailed Coach Jen about it because um, she is actually, she well, she has a place in Tucson and, and trains there a lot. And she has a camp down there. And it turns out that she's going to have a camp when I'm there. Yeah, um, but I'm not. I'm not doing the camp. <laughs> I think it started as as I'm talking now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but so so uh, so she's the one that corrected my spelling. She was like, um, yeah, well, she, not not meanly, but she just I wrote back. I wrote lemon like the citrus fruit, and she wrote back lemon <laughs> like the two M's four yeah. humps. Anyway. So, um, so yeah, so we are going to do a big climb on Sunday. And like I said, I hope to see Jen, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, she, so she and her crew will have already climbed Mount Lemon on Friday. Um, and then they're heading back on Sunday for more climbing fun. Um, she said, Oh yeah, we're going to be doing five mile hill repeats. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> Oh, five mile hill repeats. That just sounds like there's that's like a you know an eighth circle of hell or something like that. Seriously. I'm not sure. You should also point out that that's on a bike, so people are not uh, yes. running uphill for five miles. Yes, no, mm-hmm. no, no. That mm-hmm. would be um, a race. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And I'm climbing on a bike. Yeah, this yeah. is all cycling. All cycling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Um, ha- so I, yeah. do, I do have it. Brings to mind a uh, memory, very vivid memory I have of running when I went to Mills College for a semester. It, it was now defunct college, uh, Oakland, California. Anyway, it was on the rowing team there. And it was too foggy to go out one day. And so it was set, it was on a reservoir that was set in a really hilly part of the East Bay of California or the Bay Area. And so the coach just said, okay, go start running uphill. And the coach then drove ahead of us and would park the van somewhere. And we had to keep running until we got to the van. And so you didn't know how long you were going to run uphill. And it was so foggy, we could barely see in front of us. And just with every turn, it was like, no, the van's still not there. (laughs) (laughs) Where is the van? I want to see brake lights. Yeah, yeah. so I don't think it was five miles, but it sure felt like five miles of uphill. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Well, well, Mount Lemmon total, I think, is, um, I think it's around 30 miles of climbing and like 7,000 feet. So... Mm. So we'll see. I, not a lot of training in these legs. I will. I mean, I I, I have a lot of experience in my legs, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not a lot of training right now with the broken ankle and um, life and all that stuff. I'm definitely just winging it. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, you and Grant always seem to have a good time when you go riding. So it'll be a good time. We, we do. We do. Mm-hmm. And worst case scenario, I mean, he is definitely he's got his like check you know his like to-do list you know with his list of packing stuff and everything's laid out on our table right now and i'm like oh uh, let's see can i find my leg <laughs> leg warmers can i find 
mind. I'm like, I, if I, you know, if I make it there with, you know, a sports bra, I'll be glad. <laughs> Mr. Organized, I like it. He is, yes. When I'm very lucky because, yeah, it's like, I mean, he has like four water bottles laid out and, you know, all this and like pull, puts my shoes in and makes sure my sunglasses. It's very, it's like a wow. cycling concierge. I was just yeah. about to use the term concierge. That's fabulous. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. 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 All right. Well, have a good time and tell Coach Jen we all say hi if you see her. I will definitely do that. Good, good. All right. Well, Dana wants some trail running pointers. Hey, Serendimity. This is Dana Adams. I live in a suburb of Charlotte, North Carolina. And my question relates to trail running. I've not run on trails since high school cross country, and I'm now 40, so it's been a minute. And I just signed up kind of on a whim for a trail run, a 10K, in June. And I'm a little nervous about tripping on a tree root, falling, breaking an arm. That would be a huge bummer, very inconvenient. I like to play tennis, so I just really don't want to get hurt. But I want to do this run. So my question is, uh, how do I sort of prevent that uh, potential falling issue? Are there certain shoes that I should buy that are different from my regular running shoes? Kind of what do I need to know to properly prepare for this trail run? Thanks. Well, kudos to you, Dana, for jumping back into trail running after a, um, a bit of a hiatus from the trail. A little bit. I mean, I love that she ran high school cross country, though. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like cross country is like, I mean, I know it's on trails, but I feel like it's mostly like on kind of golf coursey trails, isn't it? It, I mean, here it's just over kind of the grassy surrounding environs of our of our high school. So it's just basically like a a worn out, you know, the bald patch of a yard. Yeah, it's more like fields and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, so so I think it's more spectator friendly that way, too. Mm -hmm. But yes, I absolutely hear you on tripping for sure. And we do not want that to happen. Mm -hmm. I can tell you many times over, we do not want that to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, because as you can attest that bones do get broken sometimes when you trip and fall on, say, an icy patch on a trail, something like that. On a trail. Or, you know, you don't even have to be running and you can just be, you know, hiking to a waterfall and break your ankle. So, yeah. So, anyway. All right. Oh, Let's, more- let's talk shoes, Sarah. <laughs> yes, what, is, some- what, what does Dana need? All right. And that was a more recent memory. I, I blocked that one out for you, Dimity. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's still swollen if you want to know. So, it's, it's definitely not blocked out of me. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Yes, yes. So, I mean, it, it really sort of depends on where you are, whether you need... I think whether you need trail shoes or not, and particularly how often you're going to go, because when I lived in the Bay Area, the trails there are so smooth, you really don't need trail shoes. And a lot of times when I travel, if I know I'm going to be doing some road running and some trail time on trail, like when we go to Rancho La Puerta, I just bring road shoes because those trails are pretty tame. But you know, I find trails out east, which North Carolina is out east by um, when you live in Oregon, it's out east. And uh, so, you know, definitely there are rocks, there's roots, it's kind of rutted. So I would suggest getting getting some trail shoes. They won't necessarily prevent you from tripping. They will do a good job of preventing Dana from sliding or kind of losing her feet out from under her, which can be a concern going downhill in particular. And so because they're going to have more knobby outsoles, the bottom of the shoes, which means the bottom of the shoes are going to have um, bigger knobs on the bottom, if you will, and uh, probably a grippier type of rubber. And so it'll really give traction. It's like 
you know, snow tires on your car. And also they sometimes have um, plates in them, kind of very thin, dense material, sometimes like a carbon fiber or something like that to prevent your, the bottom of your foot from getting poked by rocks, you know, or if, you know, if you do hit a rock or something kind of sharp, you don't feel it quite as intensely in the bottom of your foot. So there's a lot of things in a trail shoe that you can't see, but that are designed specifically for that more rugged terrain. Yeah, for sure. So we just did a podcast with Coach Christy talking about the trails for the Blue Ridge Trail Race slash Ultra that uh, we're going to in October. Mm-hmm. And that's and those trails are just uh, about 90 minutes north of Atlanta. And they're definitely, I would definitely recommend taking trail shoes the way that she was describing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like okay. roots, rocks. Yeah. And then and definitely if it's slippery, like you really want that grip that you were talking about, Sarah. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the other thing is you can go scout it. If, if, if your 10 K happens to be, you know, close to home, you can go check it out and kind of see if, if it's, a, if it's a smoother trail, then you might not want them. But mm-hmm. I would say err on the side of having them. And then the other thing is, you know, I often just hike in my, my trail running shoes. Oh, yeah. So it's not like mm-hmm. they're like one and done, like, Oh, I did 6.2 miles in them. So I don't need them anymore. <laughs> right. you know? yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> definitely. And so coach Tim, what are some advice that you give about other ways other than gear to prevent tripping? Oh, I mean, it's definitely like something. I mean, I would definitely not have your race day be your first time running on trails. So, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to go want to go out and spend some time even if even if that race is two hours away find some trails near your house that you can run on you know usually i find that trail running works best on the weekends just because it usually involves a commute in a car mm-hmm. unless you mm-hmm. happen to have you know live in boulder colorado or something like that and you have <laughs> trails right out your backyard uh-huh. um and so so spend some time on them and once you get on them okay first know that your splits on the trail like don't even worry about your watch you know mm-hmm. if just say you're 10k time is an hour i wouldn't be surprised if your 10k on the road is an hour i wouldn't be surprised if your time on the trail was an hour 20 or more mm-hmm. depending upon mm-hmm. you know the difficulty so they don't translate road to trail does not translate so you know first things first is just don't get hung up on the numbers because you're going to go slower mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's a good thing because you just you, you're going to want to kind of be out and enjoy it mm-hmm. some things that you think about i mean i often describe trail running as being in a video game like mm-hmm. it's very very engaging and that's especially when you've got you know forest around you and you've got to kind of remember to go right left you know the the race will be marked but you know dana like also know where you're going <laughs> drop your crumbs <laughs> if you need to so you don't get lost on your practice runs but yeah so so definitely Definitely, you know, um, one of the things that helps is it's almost like mountain biking or downhill skiing. Like, look where you want to go. Do not look down. If you look down, you know, or if you stare at a rock that you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to trip on that. Guess what? You're going to trip on it if that's what you fixate on. If you look past that rock and kind of you, your brain automatically kind of says, oh, there's a little space over to the left. I can kind of slide through there and skip the, you know, miss mm-hmm. the rock. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really like your eyes kind of dictate where your feet go. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, Tim. So, and I think another thing, if Dana goes on those training runs, you talked about the breadcrumbs, Dimity, um, you know, yes, the little birds and, and squirrels and such will appreciate that. But I, I recommend taking someone who knows the trails sure, because, you know, yes, we there's technology and maps and, and things like that. But I just really love the companionship. It makes you feel safer. It probably does make you safer. But also take go with someone who knows the trails, who can then lead the way. And maybe on the way back, Dim, I know you're a fan of this, that then 
you know, you take the lead, the less experienced one takes the lead and, you know, tells the person who knows where they're going, like, okay, don't tell me, you know, I want to, when we get to that fork, I want to try to make a choice before you tell me like, no, 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 we were supposed to go right, not left, something like that. Because, you know, when I moved here to Portland now, almost 25 years ago, um, <laughs> when I moved here to Portland, oh, 25 years ago, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very funny. I, uh, I used to go running. I moved up here for a job with a company called Lucy.com and the, my colleagues would take me on trail runs and, you know, we have this great system of trails here. And so I really got to know them by having these pals of mine, you know, show me around and get to experience it with them. So I really, that was in, enjoyable and, and made it fun. And, and, you know, to this day, I still know, know a lot of the trails, even though I rarely head over to the West side where they all are, but it's, you know, brings it all back to me of, of those runs with those friends ever, ever so long ago. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. There's definitely, you'll love it. I, um, do you think she'll love it, Sarah? Should I say love one more time? <laughs> love, love, <laughs> um, love. <laughs> um, yeah, Dana, just go have a good time. And the other thing too, um, I just want to say is that if you need to walk, that's the other thing about trail running is it really takes the pressure off of, again, like it, your time doesn't matter. Your experience in the woods, hanging out with our good friend, Mother Nature, that matters more, um, at least to me. So a lot of times, especially on steep hills, you'll walk up them instead of run up them. That's that's normal for um, a lot of trail runners. Mm-hmm. But also, if you just feel overwhelmed, especially in the race, because sometimes you get into like this Peloton, like like line, right? Of like, maybe there's two people in front of you and three people behind you and there's no room to pass. And you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to like, I need some space. I'm feeling cramped. Just step over to the side, you know, just say I'm I'm stepping out and then let them pass and and take a second, catch your breath and then keep running. You know, Mm -hmm. I I think uh, just take your ego out of it, which is a lot easier said than done when it comes to athletic things. But, um, but just go have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right. We'll be back with more questions and answers after this brief break. Stay with us. Okay. This question is from Whitney, who's looking to get into biking. Hi, this is Whitney calling from Glasgow, Kentucky. I am just looking for some very basic advice on getting into riding the bike. I'm hopefully maybe going to do a race in September um, that will include about 18 miles of biking. Um, That's after a two-mile hike through Mammoth Cave and a two-mile run or trail hike around the National Park. So it'll be a fairly easy, fairly flat bike ride. Um, This part of the state is very hilly. So just looking for a few tips and advice on kind of how to get into that biking world. Thank you. Whitney, this sounds like such a unique and interesting event to do. Um, I went to Mammoth Caves as a very young kid, yet I vividly remember it. So that's going to be really fun. Where is it? Kentucky. Kentucky. I love Mm -hmm. it. I love Mm -hmm. it. So it's a race, okay, that will include 18 miles of biking after a two-mile hike to Mammoth Cave and a two-mile run around the National Park. I love that. Mm -hmm. That, Mm -hmm. That's my kind of race. Like, you know what? You're going to PR no matter what. (laughs) You know? (laughs) You are speaking Dimity's love language with that race, Wendy. No pressure and and change it up. Change it up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So biking, I mean, the best thing that I would do is, so 18 miles, again, I would scout the course if that's possible but at least you're in the same state as the caves. 
<laughs> and uh, so, again, if it's a really hilly course, like that's what you're going to want to prepare on. If it's a flat course, that's, you know, then then that's easier to prepare for. But the things that are hard about cycling, if you're not used to it, are going downhill mm. and switching gears mm-hmm. and related is is climbing, right? Mm-hmm. So so you need to practice that, right? You can't just expect it to come on race day, just like, you know, you can't trail run just on race day. So mm-hmm. I guess, um, I mean, you can definitely prepare for a lot of it, you know, in a spinning class, on the Peloton, you know, on an exercise bike, that would be my third choice for sure, at the gym. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're going to want to spend some time on the road getting used to being on the bike again, finding your balance, um, mm-hmm. figuring out how to grab for your water bottle. A lot of times that's another one that kind of trips people up because, you know, you, you definitely want to keep your eyes on the road and you've got to be able to reach down to that water bottle and grab a sip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spoken like a true pro, Dimity. Yeah. And and I mean, I think the first thing that sprang to my mind was to, in addition to spending some time on the bike, make sure it's one that fits you because, oh my gosh, I did a 103 mile century ride. Yes, those three extra miles did actually matter and <laughs> did it on the bike that was owned by my then husband who was six foot four and me at 5'11", that bike did not fit me well. And so my butt, back, shoulders, arms, hands, you name it, pretty much every body part was in agony, not only because of the effort, but because I was in such a bizarre geometry, leaned over too far and whoa. It was, oh, so I, I have to ask you, Sarah, like what, <laughs> did you train on that bike? Like 103 miles on your husband's bike, like did you did you train for it? I I trained riding. Off. Okay, be, be kind. I was. I, I, um, I'm not. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm not. I, that, that wasn't yeah. critical, but I'm just like yeah. that. Just seems so random, like out of nowhere. Like, oh, I'm just going to go hop on this bike. <laughs> I uh, I was. Uh, gosh, was I 25? Was I something close to 26, maybe? And so I trained. I owned a mountain bike, and so yeah. I did a lot of training on my mountain bike on the road, which was then you know made it more challenging. But then on race day, yeah, I I had never trained on his bike, and so okay, well that right there, that's 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 your first tip is learn learn from Sarah's mistakes. <laughs> ride the bike, train on the bike. You're going to ride on race day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so what else? Um, I mean, are there other gear tips? I mean, I would definitely, you know, if Whitney's going to spend much time in that saddle, I would highly recommend getting a women's saddle, which a lot of them have either a cutout below the sensitive lady bits or um, kind of different material under there because, you know, Dim, as you know, that pressure can get to be a, a bit much spending time in that saddle. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So um, so I guess just back up just for one second. If she needs to get a bike, mm-hmm. I would go to a bike store. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if Mr. Like Joe Blow, like I'm such a cool bro, you know, <laughs> is like giving you the attitude, just be like either like uh, match him <laughs> and just be like, or go somewhere else, you know, mm-hmm. don't give them their business. One of the two, mm-hmm. because it I, it is intimidating. It's still intimidating for me. And I still get that like Joe bro attitude. Mm-hmm. And I really makes me very angry. Actually, mm-hmm. it makes me angry that it happens. And then it makes me angry that I don't have the spine to be like, listen, my credit card is just as good as, you know, Lance Armstrong. So mm-hmm. come on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, not that Lance Armstrong <laughs> pays for anything, but um, anyway, <laughs> The point is, is if you need to get a bike, go to the bike store, tell them what you're going to do. Tell them they're going to ask like what kind of riding you're going to want to do, you know, after this cool mammoth cave thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe you want a hybrid, maybe you want a road bike, maybe you want a mountain bike. You don't know, you know, so I would do that 
if you already have a bike, though, take it into the bike shop mm-hmm. and just ask for a basic fitting. That's mm-hmm. that's you know, at the end of the day, that's what we need is a basic fitting mm-hmm. and then, you know, spend some time riding it, making sure that that feels good. And if you need to get it tweaked a little bit more, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing about bringing it to the bike shop is have them just do a basic tune up as well. Mm-hmm. And given that it's March, a lot of people are going to be doing that yes. to get ready. So I would try to get it in sooner than later. Yeah. And a lot that's of the mom part of me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a, you know, biking's hugely popular here in Portland as it is there in Denver, I know. And so, you know, a lot of places you have to make an appointment to get your bike tuned up or fit or anything like that. So sort of don't expect to just be able to go in there on a Saturday afternoon and get stellar service. Sure, sure. So with an 18-mile bike, I would definitely ride 18 miles before race day. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would, you know, you can build up from there. You can maybe go, you know, it's it's just like running, right? You know, you're going to do shorter rides during the week. Mm -hmm. You know, again, those can be at a spinning class. Those can be on a Peloton, those can be outside. Mm-hmm. And then on the weekends, you're going to want to ride a little bit longer. And, you know, it really depends upon where Whitney's starting, but maybe she starts with 10 miles and mm-hmm. then she builds up to 12 and 14, 16, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, again, on terrain, I can't emphasize this enough, on terrain that is um, similar to what you're going to be doing on race day. So you're not feeling really overwhelmed by descending with people around you. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because she does say that the the race course is fairly flat but where she lives in Kentucky is very hilly. Um, well, that's even that's even better because that's just going to give you confidence. Mm, I think that. that's if I had to, if I had to flip it. I mean, if I had to say if it, if it wasn't a one for one, like she's riding flat uh, at home and she's riding flat mm-hmm. at, at Mammoth, mm-hmm. you know, I would say definitely ride hilly at home and then ride flat at Mammoth. That's going to you're going to feel like you're flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. so that's good. Um, and then the other thing, the other piece of advice I would say is uh, if you're feeling kind of squirrely about flat tires, go to a bike shop again, either ask them to show you how to change a tire or um, a lot of times like REIs or um, other outdoor stores will have how to change a flat clinics mm-hmm. or basic bike mechanic clinics. Mm-hmm. Um, that is worth your weight in gold going to one of those for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, the last thing I would say, and again, it's a lot to to take in right now, but if you can find a women's cycling club, mm-hmm. you're going to feel much more confident and have a lot more fun mm-hmm. on the roads. And, you know, that's the that's the only thing about cycling that I just really sometimes get very squeamish about is one cyclist on the road can sometimes be hard to be seen, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So if you can ride with a pack of seven, ride with a pack of 10, yeah. ride with somebody else, then it's just it's a little bit safer. And also then you're more accustomed to it on race day. You won't be suddenly like, wait, what do I do? There's other people around me. And, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you talk about the clinics are a great idea. And the thing I'd been thinking about earlier is there's so much content on YouTube so that, yes, going to that clinic would be awesome. But also, you know, let's say you want to learn about shifting gears. There's YouTube videos about that. Or I'm sure there's YouTube videos about how to reach down for your water bottle while you're on a bike. So sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. There definitely are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, have a great time, Whitney. And we would love to see a photo. Um, if you could post that on the Another Mother Runner facebook page that'd be fun all right well francine wants to hear about our retreat icebreakers hi this is francine Saquette from ontario canada i was listening to sarah on uh the planted runner and she was talking about how um Dimity has great ideas for icebreakers as part of the retreat well 
I'm planning my own workshop, and I am desperate for new ideas when it comes to icebreakers, bringing people together. So I'd love to hear some of those great ideas that Dimity might be able to share. Thank you. So, Dimity, I love everything about this offbeat question. <laughs> and, uh, and so, anyway, but I do want to share a story that, you know, so I, I'm the one who listens to these voicemails that come in on our Google Voice number. And so... Google Voice can do some very interesting things in translating questions. And it was hard to hear her name. And so I texted her, and which you can do from Google Voice, I've recently realized. And um, so when I texted her as I was putting together these notes, get this, she was on a run listening to our most recent podcast. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you. That is so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, it's too bad you weren't like, you know, listening to a podcast by like Brad Pitt or, you know, Greta Thunberg or something like that. So exactly. <laughs> it's just, just me. <laughs> um, so all right. So our icebreaker. So the deal is, is at our retreat, we, you know, get like 60, 70 women come together from all different parts of the country. And sure, they've gotten to know each other some on our Facebook page, but there we are all together in person. And wow, it can be a little intimidating to go up and talk to people. You know, it's like first day of high school all over again, a little bit for some people. And so Dimity, you are an incredibly, incredibly nice, um, gracious host from the Midwest. So you really want to, yeah, it is in your DNA to want to make everyone feel welcome and included and at ease. And so you were like, we're going to do icebreakers at our, you know, welcome reception. So that's where they feature into our retreats. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love a good icebreaker? Well, actually, a lot of people moan when I say that I'm going to do an sure icebreaker. Do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> but then, but then they feel connected, right? And mm-hmm. we're going to spend the whole weekend together. And all of a sudden, it's not just you know Sarah from Portland, but Sarah from Portland who loves fiery Cheetos um, and watching Netflix. I don't know, Married at First Sight with her son, right? Because <laughs> yeah. that describes you to a T, right? Fiery <laughs> Cheetos and Married at First Sight. Not at all, but a very, great example. Great example. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Well, and the first one that we ever did was um, there's this woman named um, Amy, I think Krause is how you say Amy Krause Rosenthal, who um, actually passed away from cancer. And you might remember her because she wrote this beautiful modern love column Mm -hmm. in The New York Times Mm -hmm. about looking for another wife for her husband. Right. Once she was gone. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. After she had passed. And she also has this book called Encyclopedia of an Ordinary Life, Mm. which is really good, too. She's just a very smart person, I think, and very um, emotionally intelligent. Mm -hmm. And so she uh, did something. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was basically the idea is you get like 10 people together or even more people Mm -hmm, together mm -hmm. and you have to find things that you have in common. Mm -hmm. So you could be like, you know, I hate fiery Cheetos or (laughs) I love Married at First Sight. And if, if everyone in the group agrees with it, then it's a statement that applies to your group. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fun because then you, you'd be like, oh, well, I've been in a car accident and all of a sudden, you know, you're talking about that and that leads into something else. And mm-hmm. it just it's a great icebreaker. Um, mm-hmm. If you've got the time, you've got to kind of have like 20 minutes to at least unpack 
with a group of strangers. Right, 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 right. And yeah, I mean, it can be something like, you know, none of us have ever gotten a speeding ticket or all of us are allergic to shellfish or we all wear contact lenses. And so, and then the groups, so you, to explain, you have randomly assigned people into these groups. And then once they get their list together and everybody's got their list together, then the groups go up and they've kind of elected a speaker or leader of it and that they share the list with the group. And so... I was hanging out with uh, our dietitian, Ellie, and she and I were feeling a little spicy. We were in the same group, not spicy Cheetos. We were just feeling spicy. And, <laughs> and so Ellie loves, Ellie loves fiery Cheetos too. That's, you know. Oh, it's so Ellie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so, so when we were putting our list together with our group, I was like, and we'd done this, I'd done this a few times, at a few different retreats. So I knew kind of that they were like about speeding tickets or about contact lenses, whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. Let's put in some things that are totally not true, but that will be completely unexpected. So, I mean, I forget what we put, but it was like, it was pretty close to like, we've all done a threesome or you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. I oftentimes run, you know, bare chested or something like that. And uh, we tried to keep a straight face and we definitely chose as our the person who read our answers the most deadpan you know straight gal you know in terms of like you know we're all like oh they know immediately that i was joking and it was like oh yeah that woman they'll never suspect she's lying and oh my gosh i just thought it was hilarious and ellie and i were just busting up that's awesome i don't remember that but that's probably because i was like no i was like probably like yeah oh you sniffed Um, you sniffed us out very quickly you were like uh they're lying (laughs) did i say that i probably did yeah did i say that yeah i probably did well and so um if you don't have the ability to do that the other one that we do we've changed to recently because um because that it it became too familiar shall we say um is uh speed dating Mm -hmm. um but doing that in uh so you put one one circle of people on the inside you you form two circles and they and then you know the people are going to face each other so the people on the inside circle are facing out the people on the outside circle are facing in Mm -hmm. and um it's um you you probably are going to want to whistle um especially if you're like at (laughs) cocktail hour because it gets a little rowdy at times it sure does it really does hard to uh talk over people um but yeah and you just ask anything you know just ask fun questions i you know nothing that's too like um too like either too deep or like you know too i don't know what's your favorite color or something that's like so short that it's like Uh yeah yeah so like you know i I like what you know stuff like childhood shows are always good Mm. you know who who did you relate to most on three's company you know or something like that (laughs) or you know um asking about songs of course asking about running at a running retreat but that's nice because everybody you know you don't necessarily um, talk to everybody, but you talk to a bunch of other people and it's just, it's got a lot of energy. I was just about to say, there's so much energy in the room when you do that. And to, I forget why, but at the Portland retreat, I'd had to step out of the room for a couple minutes to take care of some detail and I come back in it was just like the the cacophony of voices and the <laughs> laughter and, and then you're up there like trying to get pictures so there's all you know almost six foot four of you on like a chair taking pictures down at the group it was like wow yeah, yeah yeah it's a it's a very good time and um and you know and like you said dim some people are like grouse a little bit about it and then everybody has a great time doing them so well yeah I mean even if you don't it's like you know 10 or 15 minutes of your life and at least you've gotten to know some 
people a little bit better, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all good. Yeah. 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 So thanks for that question, Francine. And we would love more of everyone's questions. And the way to leave a voicemail for us is to call 470-BADASS-1. That's 470-223-2771. Leave your first name and where you're calling from. Please keep your message to a minute or less. And that number is in our show notes. And hey, don't be surprised if you get a text from me being like, uh, I can't quite hear what your, <laughs> your first name is. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? You're like, ah, yeah. delete and report spam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and as you as you heard me mention, we talked to Coach Christy and Coach Jen and Liz and Coach Jess and Amy uh, on our last podcast, and we all about our new live event programs. Mm-hmm. The idea behind them is that you train virtually together as a team. You're your team, right? And then you gather on race day or event day, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. and um, and do the event. So we have cycling events, anything from 25 to 100 miles. We have a trail running event, um, like I said, north of Atlanta, anything from 10 miles to the ultra, 31 miles, the 50K. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a really cool uh, Better Together event in Indianapolis at the end of October. So for more details, go to anothermotherrunner.com slash live 2023. We'll also have a link in the show notes for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, that Better Together program is already getting a lot of buzz. There's going to be, I think that's going to be a real critical mass of women meeting up in, in Indy. In Indy. Yeah. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medora from Fire on the Bluff. Nice. Keep those questions coming. We're here with answers. Maybe some fiery Cheetos. Definitely married at first sight. <laughs> Second, we just had a. Banjo's gonna crazy it. We just had a doorbell ring. Right?